Welcome everybody to Summer School, a space for the woke, witty, and sometimes ratchet educator, for our educator allies who just want to get it right, for those who want the real inside scoop of the day-to-day -day joys and woes of working with black and brown children, families, and communities, for those who know black and brown educators are needed, multi-dimensional, and sometimes just petty as hell. Okay, so I was featured on a television show. Backstory, I was completely unaware that I was gonna be on this show. So when they called me down during taping, I was completely shocked and overwhelmed and out of breath, just up there shucking and jiving. Due to this overall shock, I could barely get my thoughts and words together. I was all over the place. The host began to ask me questions about my school, students, the community, and I was just trying to say the best thing possible. Now here's where I royally fucked up. Take a listen. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read some things about your amazing school. You're a Title I high school. You're located in a very dangerous neighborhood in Watts. Uh, you have amazing students who go through unimaginable uh, obstacles and they're all resilient students. Uh, you and your staff pay out of your pocket for your students daily. Your school is a beacon of hope in your community. Is yep. that all correct? All of it. All right. Was there a part where you cringed a little bit too? Okay. So I feel like I played my community. Straight up, fed into the narrative of this poor little dangerous community where there are no assets. I have worked so hard in my career to ensure that I live from a lens of asset-based thinking regardless of what history has told us about the communities I serve. I had a chance to debunk this narrative on national TV, and I feel like I absolutely failed. So about a day or so goes by, and I'm watching the video over and over, and it really starts to eat at me. I mean, I cried to my husband about it, my supervisor talked to my closest circles, my mom. Although they supported me, they said, yeah, it was a non-person of color stating these things, and you agreed, kinda. So what now? It started to really emotionally impact me. So I made the decision to address my team about it. I called a quick meeting, and I could barely get the words out before I choked up, and they stopped me and said, Miss, look, we know you and you've said enough. We know what you do for us and our students, no need to keep apologizing. I had to be vulnerable in that moment and they appreciated it and they still accept me. But I wanna hear from you. What are your thoughts on this? Am I overreacting or was I just doing what I could in that moment? As a leader and a leader of color and dealing with the aftermath, what could have been done differently? What say you? It's time for professional development. Here we'll connect with the guests or I'll explore a topic that's meant to challenge our thoughts and sometimes just say the things we've all been thinking. Assimilation of poor educational methods has always been at work in education. When I was coming through my education program, there was something that always fell off to me, but I was a success chaser especially when it came to ensuring my students were successful. 
So whatever was told to me that would get me the best results, I was going to do it. If that meant test prepping the hell out of kids or spending countless instructional minutes on teaching students how to tuck in their uniform shirt and what color socks were and were not permitted, I was going to do it. I quickly found myself in this internal battle where my beliefs about black and brown students and what they deserve did not match what I was actually doing. I was literally perpetuating every educational injustice you could think of. They had little voice in educational decisions. They were treated like prisoners by our discipline model. Oh, and I was one of those teachers that were highly praised because my classroom was quote unquote so orderly. And I was simply doing what I was told, seeking praise from folks that have had their foot on the necks of black and brown communities since the inception of this country. Take a listen to this clip from brother Brandon White, who really drives home my sentiment. Truth be told, I've been that teacher that has upheld legacies of educational segregation, despite believing that my students could be successful, critical, and independent learners. And this is because when we are not mindful, we reestablish the system through our actions and our inactions. King really highlights this when he says these words. He said, I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate, who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I disagree and I cannot agree with your methods of direct action. If I may sample Dr. King, I would like to submit that when it came to instruction, there are moments where I had preferred a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, over a positive peace, which was the presence of justice. I often had the right goal, but at times my direct actions ended up being something totally different. And if you don't mind, I'd like to tell you how moments in my teaching and learning got used as stumbling blocks, as King calls them, in my students' strides toward intellectual and professional freedom, and how instructional choices unintentionally fed a systemic devotion to the order of segregationist practices rather than to justice. In this work, we have to have a critical lens for every single decision we make. I genuinely believe that many of us have the best intentions for our students, but we, myself included, at times find ourselves acting in a way that directly or indirectly upholds educational oppression. So when they say to you, I agree with the goals you seek, but I cannot agree with the methods of your direct action. Be extremely clear on what that means. I challenge you to take inventory on your practices and the systems you're upholding and ensure your actions truly match your beliefs. Cold call letter from an educator. I am a leader of color in a pretty small school district. Don't get me wrong, I love my community and the students I have the pleasure of serving. The one thing that is really bothering me is our curriculum. 
You would think with all the buzz around curriculum not being culturally relevant or outdated, my district would be more thoughtful about what we're putting in front of our students. I am pretty much over the conversation and trying to determine the best way to present the idea of needing better curriculum for all students. You are definitely not the first person to have to fight this battle. And it's surprising how many districts are still presenting our kids with this outdated BS history and curriculum. I think that folks are slow rolling. They're trying to get there or they even put things in front of students that they believe are culturally relevant and it's not. So the first thing I thought about when I read this was this concept I learned in grad school called subversive leadership. It's essentially a concept where you put the educational interests of students first, despite the rules or like the red tape that's in the way. Now, you're going to make some folks mad, maybe. But if you are able to get your hands on some curriculum that you believe is culturally relevant and make sure you are very clear on the definition of what culturally relevant teaching and curriculum is before you go do that. But if you can get your hands on it and pilot a unit in maybe a few grade levels and like closely monitor the qualitative and quantitative success, you will have a much stronger argument for adopting new curriculum. And let me tell you, adopting new curriculum is not easy at all, especially if you're trying to do it across the district, let alone a school. I would recommend getting like a coalition of, of your teachers together who truly support this idea and they're willing to do the research and use that. Use them as the pilot. I know sometimes we feel like we're, we're speaking on deaf ears. But again, if you don't allow your beliefs about what is good for students to dictate your actions, we are not doing the work. So good luck to you. I hope that this works out. You get some good data. Summer school listeners, chime in. Is there a better way that we can do this? Got to get some, some better stuff in front of our babies. Look forward to hearing from y'all. Peace. Thank y'all for joining us on the Summer School Podcast. If something stood out to you in our conversation today, if there's a topic you would like for us to explore or hell, even if you are a woke, witty, or petty educator and want to be featured, drop us a line at info at the summerschoolpodcast.com.